Hello, and welcome to Monumental, where we sit down with entrepreneurs, leaders, visionaries, and big thinkers making monumental change. Here's your host, Evan Holliday. Welcome to Monumental. I'm your host, Evan Holliday, and today we have on with us a friend of mine, Chris Pomerleau. And Chris brings with him a real passion about helping others and investing in multifamily real estate throughout the Midwest. He has over $25 million in assets under management and 420 apartment units within a three-hour radius of Omaha, uh, where he calls home. And a little bit more about Chris, he's an attorney, a mediator, and a real estate investor who has also played both college football and arena football and served in the United States military. So without further ado, let's jump right in with Chris Pomerleau. Glad to have you on the show, man. How you doing? Good, man. Thanks for having me on, Evan. I appreciate it. Yes. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited to dive into your story. Let's just kind of start from the very beginning of kind of who Chris is, what makes you you, and, and go from there. Okay, great. Yeah. Uh, I'm an attorney uh, by trade. Uh, all day. Uh, married, two kids. Uh, shout out to my wife, Shivani. She likes it when I do that. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, started the real estate thing about seven years ago and hit, hit a slow, slow progression into it with single family homes once a year or so. And then about three years ago is when we started scaling up, taking in people's money and really hitting the multifamily really hard. So um, yeah, Omaha, Nebraska is where I live with my uh, with my wife, and then my partner also lives in uh, my business partner lives in Omaha, Nebraska, and served in the military and played some college football, and that's me, I guess. All right, I love it, Chris. In a nutshell, um, so <laughs> so diving into specifically why why did why real estate? Why did you get into it? Yeah, I mean, I think I feel like every podcast I've ever heard talks about rich dad poor dad well that was me for sure uh during law school i read that book and i felt at the time i didn't have the opportunity to perhaps capitalize on it i, I now know that i was wrong but uh while i was in the uh, law school i was also a part of the military through rotc program so i couldn't really jump into the real estate at that time so once i was done with my military obligation in 2013 that's when we jumped in and, and look it's the same approach to everybody i just wanted to have some type of passive income that i could kind of trust that has a number of different returns that's outside of you know trading my my minutes for money so i i feel like everyone's kind of heard that but Passive income is the greatest income and, you know, not to sound, you know, I, I don't want to sound like uh, inconsiderate, but, you know, even during times like this, you know, people are struggling out there and I, and I have a, I have a heart for that and we're able to help a lot of our tenants, but my passive income still coming in and I don't want to sound unthoughtful or I don't want to sound like a jerk. What I'm saying is that's one of the main reasons why you get yeah. into something that's passive like this is the money continues to come in. And you can help others do that as well. So yeah, exactly. That's right. a million reasons why I like real estate. Um, so going into that a little bit more, um, what about the, like that, that first real estate deal, that single family deal, what was that like for you? And what, what kind of, did it click a light bulb in your head? You're like, Oh, this is what it's like. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So we found a, a single family home. This was seven years ago. Um, we bought it for, a hundred thousand dollars. We put about 30 into it. 
uh, when we refinanced it, it was worth about 185,000. So we pulled back all of our money. We owned the house outright and uh, rolled that money onto the next property. Um, you know, it, four years later and four houses later, uh, I was like, you know, there's gotta be a quicker way to get to this financial freedom everyone's talking about. And I'm learning the banks. I'm learning how to do these things. I'm swinging the hammer myself. I'm doing all of that. I wonder if this will work for a 20 unit. And so we just jumped into a 20 unit and bought it for 750, uh, put about 150 into it. It refinanced at about 1.2 million. So we pulled back all of our 900,000 that we had into it. And now we own a 20 unit scot-free. Right? Uh, we scaled, of course, using contractors, property management. But, um, you know, that jump from one to 20 with the same exact process has now interested us in jumping up to the 40s and 50s and 80s and plus 100s because it's all the same process. There's, it's, it's meticulous. It's different strategies, if you will, because the numbers jive out a little differently, but the concept is the same. And that's why we continue to grow and continue to look for bigger and bigger deals. That's great. And um, yeah, I think you're exactly right. I mean, it's a, it's a continuous kind of, uh, you know, a gradual learning process where you're like, Hey, you know, I did this same process, this, you know, what they call the Burr strategy. I did it on a single family. Right. Why can't I do it on 20 single families that are all in one building? You know, right. you think about it like that. Um, and there are a lot of, of things that you can transfer over. And, and also as you take those steps, you get more and more comfortable, more and more comfortable um, because things get more inside of your comfort zone instead of outside of your comfort zone. Um, was there ever any point at which you're on your journey where you're like, Hey man, like this is crazy. What am I doing? Um, you know, this is way outside of my zone. Right. I mean, I think I don't want to overuse the word entrepreneur, uh, but when you're, when you're doing these things on your own, when, when you're, when you're investing in property, you're not a part of this W2 program where you just kind of show up and it's done for you. There's always that worry in the back of your head. What if this doesn't go right? What if I can't find the money? What if, it's not managed correctly, but I mean, with great returns, there's always going to be those risks. So I'd be lying if I said that I never had second thoughts, but those were extremely short lived. Um, you know, a water main breaks or plumbing issues, um, a little difficulty in filling a couple of vacancies for a short period of time. You're like, Oh man, maybe this isn't the greatest ever, but, those go away very quickly. And then you quickly realize that actually what happened wasn't really that big of a deal. And if you planned it correctly, you're, you're taken care of and you're mitigated on those. So every once in a while, but no way, this is, it, I'm very quick to realize that this is the way to go. So in, as far as what you're doing in, um, what you're doing for your kind of your, your day job, call it. Um, yep. How has that been able to transition over into what you're doing in the multifamily space? Uh, that's a good question. You know, I'm an attorney by trade. Um, I, I'm a family law attorney. So I deal with divorces and custody and certainly some things that aren't necessarily the happiest. But I think the ability to kind of look at what people are going through and approach it from an empathetic position really helps in my rapport building, I would say, when it comes to sellers and or even the positions of sellers. So even if I'm not speaking directly with the seller, whether it's through an agent or whatnot, I can still approach it through an empathetic approach because 
I feel as though I'm, I'm, I'm certainly forced to do that every day at my job. I think the legal background helps. I mean, we still hire attorneys, SEC attorneys and whatnot to help us, even entity building attorneys. We help them to help us because one, I don't have the time to sit down and be drafting all those documents if I have a full-time job and a, and a full-time real estate job. But two, that's not my area of expertise. I tell people all the time, you yeah. wouldn't go to a you wouldn't go to a heart surgeon to, to do surgery on your ear. I mean, it doesn't make, everyone has their own specialty. So, but I would say that it helps me read the documents. I fully understand a lot of the purchase agreements and some of the things. Um, and the flexibility of my job allows me to do a lot of time wise, allows me to do a lot of real estate investing. So yeah, those are different it, ways it helps. And as far as what you're working on now, um, and you're, you're working with investors to, to fundraise for those deals as well. Yes. Yep. We're, we're raising funds for all of our deals now. I mean, there are smaller one-offs like 12 units and um, you know, even some units in the twenties were able to refinance previous deals that we had my, my partner, Colin Schwartz and I, and just roll those funds forward on our refinances. And we're the 50, 50 owners of those when it comes to the larger deals, like, you know, seventies and eighties and, and even larger than that. Um, we're taking an additional money from people. Yeah. We're, we have investors. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I think that's that's another um, learning step in the process. Is if you really want to, you don't you don't need to at the end of the day take investors. It just helps scale your ability to do bigger deals, right. um, have more economies I, of scale. I make fun of that. The first four houses I got single family, it took a year for each one. But I mean, at least that built experience, not only for me on moving up to bigger projects, but also experience in the eyes of the investors. It wasn't like I just jumped in and said, this is my first purchase to 78 unit. Are you guys yeah. interested? So, no, you're right. That's a whole new learning curve, but just make, keeping them happy. Everyone stays happy. So, so what is, what is next for you and growing your real estate side? Well, I mean, we just continue to believe it or not, even during this time right now, we have a couple of projects right now that are, many people are slowing down. We're not slowing down. So we want to continue to grow. We're building out our team. We're actually looking to hire additional members within our team. Um, so our goal really is to continue to grow the team and, and purchase bigger and bigger units or complexes. Um, my, my partner has a property management company that manages a large number of our um, properties in town here in Omaha. So he's building that out as well. And they're learning different intricacies there. Um, and, you know, we just want to continue to grow. And as we continue to invest, not only in Omaha, but in surrounding areas, Kansas City, uh, Sioux Falls, Des Moines, um, we're slowly having in the back of our heads the idea that we want to start giving back even more and more. So that's kind of on the horizon for us is the ability to obviously please our investors, but then start using some of these benefits to actually give back. And so that's, that's in the very near future for us as well. That's awesome. I want to dive into, you mentioned team building. Um, what does that look like for you guys as far as number of people? What what are the roles? Yeah. How are you doing that? Yeah, so I mean, right now, I'd say that, you know, formally within our entity, Park Ave Capital, it's just Colin Schwartz and I. Um, we're looking to make an additional hire right now. And something, some of the things that we're looking for an additional hire is the ability to help with a lot of the due diligence, a lot of the communication with what, whether it's going to be lenders or uh, even some of the day-to-day -day investor correspondence, you know, I, I would still be qualifying them or having that phone call when it comes to accredited investors and whatnot, but just helping with the funds and shoveling that around. Um, we're getting to grow so quickly that adding that third 
third person is going to be huge for us. You know, Colin on the property manager side, he's hiring somebody I feel like every month, uh, a lot of new maintenance, uh, helping people, helping him, um, you know, not only uh, fill the deals, but deal with client interaction or tenant interaction. So different hires, obviously for property management, but um, you know, with Park Ave Capital, we're just looking for somebody who can help do some of the things that we've always done. But now that we're doing things like hopping on monumental podcast or meeting for zoom calls as we're all getting used to with new investors, yeah. uh, we need someone to help us on the back end. And so we're actually looking to hire somebody within the next week or so. That's awesome. And how are you going about finding them and hiring them? Uh, word of mouth. We have a real estate meetup. We're, we're placing some things out there. Um, bigger pockets we're active on LinkedIn. We're active on, we haven't necessarily been, um, that's funny. You say, you say that cause the decision to actually hire somebody was made yesterday. So, uh, we haven't really hit, you know, we've already been contacted by a few people, uh, but it's going to be mainly a social media approach. Just kind of see, because the venues, the, 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 the areas we're in like bigger pockets or LinkedIn or these real estate meetups, those are the kind of people we're interested in working with because they have yeah. they're like minded and they're interested. Yeah, and I exactly. think one of the things they'll benefit from is being able to bounce their ideas or ask questions from Colin and I, cause we have more experience than they do, but they're hungry. And I think that's a win-win for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. It's finding tribes of people that you're already invested in. You already have your network there and, and tapping into those. Cause you're right. I mean, if you can quickly qualify and say, okay, this person is of like mind, they're driven, they're go-getter, they're on the same path as we are and they want to learn and they want to grow. Um, then that's allows you to bring them up to speed a whole lot more quickly. No, you're right. You're right. And also just hitting on team building. It's, it's powerful to empower other people on your team because at the end of the day, you can do, uh, you can do a lot on your own or, or in a partnership, but, if you really want to grow something big and make massive monumental impact, um, you know, it really takes kind of a village approach. No. Yeah. We are, we talked about that. We were talking about sharing GP portions and everything. I mean, I want people to, yeah. the more buy-in you have, if you know the harder you work, you're going to get compensated more. It just benefits everybody. So we'll get some help and they'll learn the game, if you will, but also comp be compensated for it financially. I mean, ev everybody benefits, like you said. So you're right. I think that's important if you're going to get a good team member. So yeah. no, you're right. We certainly are interested in doing that. I love it. Um, well, going back to what you said about really, you know, the, the future of Park Ave and, and what you're doing um, is going to allow you to really have more impact. Uh, what does that look like for you? Yeah, I mean, look, uh, the property management side of the house has already been doing a great job of, um, I mean, I think it was, it, it's been up to $10,000 now of, another one of my property management companies is doing this as well, but they're giving back to the tenants. They're providing them with um, coupons or items that help them save money locally, whether it's groceries or restaurants. And that's helping the tenants during this time right now. So it's a, it's a small, on, on the financial side, it's a small amount of money out of our pocket, which pays dividends. We would, we have calculated because they're actually now paying their rent. They're happy with not only where they live and they typically always have been, but even during these trying times, they're happy with the, the amount of correspondence we put out to them and, and we're showing we're trying to help. Um, you know, Colin did a good job of raising money for one of the local uh, homeless shelters recently. 
And we're looking to start doing a lot more of that, uh, whether it's through the meetups or whether it's through um, even pushing straight out of Park Ave Capital. It, it, it has certainly been, here's the second time I'll sound like a jerk today. It's certainly been a great financial feeling the last few years, but I think you lose sight of it. It's all about you. And if you, if you help give back to people and that reward is so much more important. So we're, we're already doing that right now. We're looking at trying to help some education even. Um, that's a process, the legal nonprofit process we're thinking about. That's a process, but as we continue to grow, which is, you know, exponentially, we're at 600 units now in just under three years, which people have grown faster, but that's not slow. Um, and that's allowed us to quickly learn things as we go. And one of those things we're now trying to quickly learn is the most formal and monumental way, if you, if you will, to give back. So that's, Boom, that's I love that's, it. <laughs> I love it. You're using throwing the monumental in there left and right. I love it. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I, I love, I love that you guys are doing that. And I think, I think that's spot on is like, look at the end of the day, you know, the, the, the main thing we have is, you know, our, our name, our reputation first off, and then, and then the, the relationships we have and the impact we have and money is great and money can, can do a lot of good. Um, and, and it, and it can be used as a vehicle to create, um, opportunities and impact for a lot of families for for your residents even like you said i love that you guys are doing that especially right now with COVID 19 i mean the you're exactly right it, it pays massive dividends it, it costs you all very little and really it's an investment right it's yeah. a long-term investment where you're creating better relationships with your current tenants and maybe they want to stay there longer and and they saw that in a time of craziness and and uncertainty you all were there and communicating regularly and, and giving them some help. Yeah, we're, we're getting great response. I mean, the tenants are very happy going out of their way to message us. I mean, yeah, you know, with property management, it's easy to see negative Google reviews and whatnot because it's, it's, it's very rare. Someone would say, I'm going to log on to Google today and leave a positive message for my property yeah. management. Of course, if they get evicted or if the next door neighbor is a jerk, that's an easy complaint, but we're actually seeing some positive, many positive messages. If it's not through Google reviews, it's directly to our part management group. That's they're just extremely happy with the way we've handled this. And we're working with them on payments and spreading things out. And in the end we have to pay our mortgage still, but that whole empathy thing is going a long way for sure. Yeah. I love it. Um, and in speaking of, you mentioned 600 units in three years, yeah. how, um, how would you recommend others listening right now grow like that? Uh, I think partnering's huge and I think coaching's huge. Um, if I don't have coaching, if I don't have partnering, I wouldn't be at 600 units. Now, I think I really lucked out with, with Colin because we're both just extremely driven. Sometimes we annoy each other because of how driven we are. I've, I've gotten plenty of emails from Colin at three o'clock in the morning. Um, and he's gotten a lot from me as well, but finding the right partner. And I've partnered with a number of people, even before the, the formal syndication started. And, and they all went great. And some of them are still going and those go very well. Um, and they'll probably continue to grow as well. Not like Park Ave Capital, but some of the, the things we have going on the side. I'd say that um, getting a feel for your partner is huge. And they can help with money. They can help with management. They can help with experience. But if you try to, that, that leverage is huge for you. If you try to do everything yourself, it's impossible. 
and then coaching. Um, what's the saying? I know you know the saying, uh, success leaves a trail or success is a path. Leaves clues, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, turning decades into days. I mean, you're, I am pretty pretty obsessed with listening to podcasts and books and online. I'm always educating myself and I feel like I do a pretty good job of it, but there's only so much time of the day. And if you can leverage somebody else's experience or knowledge yeah. in an area with a coach, that's huge. If you want to grow quickly, find good partners, find a good coach. And uh, I should caveat that with that seems relatively self self-serving because we have a real estate company where we have partners and ask people to invest with us. But if you're asking how I grew so quickly, it's because of partners. That's just yeah. a fact. And uh, we also have a coaching program, uh, mentorwithchris.com. It, it doesn't have to be me that coaches. I stand, I, I have my own coach. In fact, I have mentors in, in more than one area of my life. So it doesn't have to be me. But if the question is how I be growing so quickly. Those are the answers. You just got to find someone you fit, whether it's a good fit with a partner or a good fit with the coach and just truck it forward and you know, get it done. And that's how you grow quickly. If that's what you're interested in, of course. Yeah. I love it. Um, dive into that. Let's dive into that a little bit more. What about, um, what advice would you have for those that are looking for a partner and yeah. finding the right partner and then also looking for a coach and finding the right coach? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, there are plenty of people to partner with, right? And so you got to vet them like you would if you even wanted to hang around them. And I don't mean, is this type of guy that I can have a beer with or a coffee with? That's not necessarily what I'm saying. Sometimes that's not the best route, but there's a, there's a number of questions you should ask a partner. Uh, not only get an idea of their experience, just get to know them as a person. Um, I think that you need to hear their experience, ask them things they've done in the past that um, you know, ask them a scenario that's maybe not gone the way they wanted it to and how they've handled that scenario. Ask them how they've handled this COVID situation. Um, you had talked about earlier how we're going to reach out to different people to find someone to work in our group. Well, we're, we're finding them in these, in these venues, these, these, these mediums where they already, we already know they're like-minded. So trying to find partners on bigger pockets and or a local real estate meeting, real estate meeting or something, that is a much more probably lucrative route, if you will, than Craigslist or hoping that your sister's fourth cousin who knows how to build things is a good partner. Um, you know, shameless plug, I would suggest you go to partneringchecklist.com. I think that's a important, that's a, that's a free report we offer. Uh, that's a list of questions. I mean, it's, it's a number of pages. And I would suggest you use this list, whether it's a real estate partner or whether it's someone you're going to have to take care of your lawn or babysit your kids. I mean, a number of those questions are versatile. It's just important to feel comfortable with who you're putting money in, uh, money into with. Now on the coaching side, I'd say the same thing. I mean, there are a number of coaches out there who will offer a free setup call, uh, kind of an idea and a way to feel each other out. And I think that that's important because you got to feel comfortable. Of course, on the coaching side, it's important that you actually dedicate yourself to the process. It's not like you just hand somebody money and then all of a sudden you have 600 units. You have to actually do what you're told and, and do what you're taught and put a lot of effort into it. But I think that, uh, getting that call, call for coaches and, you know, uh, bang out a bunch of questions with them, see what you feel comfortable with and make a decision. Cause if you're dedicated and you feel comfortable with the coach, then that's the way to go. 
I think that's an extremely important thing to do is just have that initial, uh, initial inductor, introductory phone call and see how the comfort level is. Yeah, yeah, I think you're spot on. And I think, you know, as both having uh, learned from a great, great coach yeah. and, um, and, and having seen that impact in our own life, um, I think it is so powerful. And it, like you said, it turns that decades into days. You learn from somebody who's been there, who's seen a whole lot of different things, who's kind of been where you want to be um, or where you want to go. And I think that's so powerful. And there's a, there's a little um, kind of story that I, that I love. I heard it uh, a while back and I always love to share it is there was a um, Olympic hurdler. I forget his name, but he was always finishing fourth in the Olympics, which is great. You know, he's fourth best in the world, but he's not getting a medal. And so he was finally going to his fourth Olympics. And it wasn't until that one where he decided, he's like, I need to switch this up. I need to hire a different coach. And the coach he hired, he said, he's like, you notice when you, when you come over the hurdles, your feet are just a little off. He's like, just move them two inches over. So they're flat when you go over the hurdle. And just like that, the next year he won gold. That's awesome. And it's just those little two inch shifts, but it takes a coach who's takes it from another perspective, who sees it differently, who sees it with a different lens, a different model of the world. And yeah. it just changes the way you see things and how you can massively grow or massively, you know, expand and, and, and expand your mind and expand your impact yeah. in a lot better, quicker way. So I, I, I completely wholeheartedly agree with you. Everybody listening right now, coaching and partnering, it really is. It's kind of like the back door to success in a lot of ways for both of them. For sure. No, I agree. And sometimes they're one and the same. I mean, you don't have to actually link up with a coach financially, but you can view them almost as a partner because they're, they're guiding you through this whole stretch. So no, you're preaching to the choir on that one. It's huge. I, I, and yeah. I'll have a coach in, in different areas of my life the rest of my life. It's just, it's a no brainer for me. Yeah. So you mentioned you're kind of, you guys are kind of zigging when everybody is zagging. Yeah. Um, as far as right now and, and, and going after and putting deals under contract. Tell me about that. Yeah, I think you just got to be smart with it, right? So we're underwriting a little differently. We're, we're underwriting at higher vacancies. Um, we're underwriting at small to no raise in rents for the first year in, for sure. Um, I have one right now. We may not raise rents for a couple of years, but if it still makes sense and the numbers are done, then it's, it's time to jump in. Uh, making sure you have the right debt is huge. Um, you know, a lot of these people were – if you have some adjustable rates or if you're, if you only have one year of interest only, or if it's not fixed for longer than five, I'm not saying that's the worst case scenario, but I, we don't like, we're not taking that on anymore at this time. We, we have plenty of times, but we're not taking that on anymore because it's just not worth the risk. So making sure you have really secure debt, whether that's some non-recourse stuff or at least a long fixed rate, maybe longer IO. Um, but yeah, under, I mean, we're, we have a, we have a large, uh, we have a complex up, uh, under, we have two under contract, right? Well, we have one under contract and one that's really, really close right now. Um, gosh, a third that we're going to close on in three weeks. And then we have two refinances right now where we're getting back a hundred percent of our money. I mean, we're just trucking along. And I think that we're kind of lucky being in the Midwest, perhaps we've been affected a little less than others, but that's kind of also the reason why we've been successful this entire time is that we don't have to rely on, 
the volatility of, of the coastal markets and yeah, just being a little more conservative with the due diligence, but we haven't really seen an effect. We're getting paid by the tenants and we're finding deals out there. So I think in the next three to 12 months, we might see some of the operators who weren't perhaps doing it the way they should have. Um, it's unfortunate, but maybe that's where we step in. I don't know. So where are you, where are you typically finding your deals? You mean the sources or the, the cities or both? I mean, you know, a lot of the stuff we have is in Omaha, Kansas city, Sioux falls. Uh, we've been really close on a couple of Des Moines, uh, basically we're about three hours radius of Omaha. Yeah. Majority of our units are in Omaha and we manage the majority of those. We have a couple other side probably managers too. Um, and as far as sources, agents, agents, and, um, even we have an individual who's doing a really good job of just cold calling people. It's amazing. I mean, we have the 38 units we're about to lock down in about three weeks. That was a cold call. And we got some seller financing on that. Some unique approach to that because nice. of the, yeah, because of the circumstances. Yeah. Um, but we're also having bank lending on that. So the bank's allowing the seller financing, great terms. So agents and, and just finding people hungry to bring the deals. I mean, you had said earlier, like, you know, well, how do you get, how do you start growing? I think one of the things about partnering or getting in is maybe you don't have any money, but you have a phone, you can call some, you can call some owners. And that's what one of our partners is doing right now. I mean, he, he also has money, but, he's finding off market deals that nobody knows about. Not, not yeah. today's off market deals where like they're still doing highest and best and narrowing it down to three. It's, it's yeah. basically this, this guy's just calling people and he's successful yeah. at it. So maybe that's your role in, the, in a partnership is just to find the deal. So it's yeah. a combination of both, I guess, agents and some off market stuff. Cause our partners are hungry. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, doing whatever it takes. I mean, I think brokers are, are a powerful resource. Yeah. Um, but also if you can, if you can call direct and get it off market, then, right. you know, keep doing it. And then it helps you with the negotiating too. Nothing against agents. Um, I wouldn't have half the deals I have, if not more, if it weren't for agents. Yeah. And if you find the right ones that are phenomenal to have on your team, if you will. But sometimes if, if they're not involved, just like attorneys, by the way, sometimes if the attorneys would just get out of the way, the two parties can just hash it out. I'm a huge proponent of that. Um, <laughs> And that can be said for real estate too. So I like it. Um, well, Chris, I loved everything we dove into. I love your story. I love like hearing how you've grown so quickly and, and what is on the horizon and how you're, you're zigging while you, everyone's zagging. I love it. Nice. Um, let's, let's jump into our monumental questions. Okay. What does success mean to you? Oh Yeah. You know, I'd say, and I've listened to your podcast before, so I knew these questions were coming. I should have been a little more prepared, huh? Um, <laughs> my success, my goal is to have money coming in that I don't have to worry about, that my family doesn't have to worry about, that generations down the line does not have to worry about, and that also allows us to help others in the community. Um, that is success to me, and that's, that's our ultimate goal, hands down. Yeah, we want 10,000 units in 10 years. But um, we want to spread that wealth and spread that love. And, uh, and I'd like to do that not only within the family, but, you know, throughout the community. So that's what success means to me. That's awesome. 
Um, what about daily habits or morning rituals that you have? I had been waking up at 4.44 every single day. Uh, <laughs> um, I just had my second child two months ago. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, exciting. Um, so the 4.44 thing's been a little bit of a struggle to get back into, especially <laughs> with working from home. Um, because he's up every two hours or so and, uh, you know, people could say I, that's not a good excuse, but I can tell you it's a little harder to wake up when you, yeah. but I'm, I'm slowly getting back into that. I'm waking up early or so, but I would say waking up early generally is the, is the best answer to that. Um, you know, whether it's kids, whether it's work, whether it's whatever, if you can get up early and kind of take that time to yourself, um, uh, set some goals, write down things you, you learn from the day before, maybe some things you want to accomplish that day. Uh, I, I like to get a workout in the morning if, if at all possible. That's by far, that's been huge for me. And, and that seems counterproductive, right? It's like you're going to get less sleep and then you're going to do a bunch of stuff that doesn't get your work done. You're going to do personal growth reading. You're going to work out. You're going to write down goals. You're going to meditate. Like, why would you do that? Now you still have all your work. But it's amazing how more structured you can feel, um, how more energetic and like, like driven you can feel because you have it in your head. If I sit down and I write out a goal in the morning, one of my goals is to spend more time with my kids. That makes that 130 sluggish feeling way less uh, sluggish, if you will, because I'm like, I'm doing this for my family. I'm doing this for everything else. So yeah, writing down goals, waking up early and taking some time to yourself. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Um, what about favorite book or book you're currently reading? So I just started a book club actually with some, uh, different business owners and whatnot. So I haven't hey. started this yet, but it's called sizing people up. Have you heard of it? No. Okay. Well, neither have I. Yeah. And that's what I'm going to jump into. I think it sounds great. It's just basically how to build rapport with a person. That's what I got from the cover and doing my research, but that's what I'll be starting. Uh, kind of answered your previous question, but uh, the miracle morning was huge too. Yeah. Al Elrod, you just got to read that. Whether you follow his exact script or not, just getting the importance down of what's important in the morning. That's, that was a huge book for me. Yeah. I love it. Um, well, what about, um, is there any place our, our monumental listeners can follow you or reach out to you or connect with you? Yeah. Um, uh, parkavinvesting.com is our website. Uh, feel free to go on there. It's a great website. Kind of let you know a little about, about me and Colin and kind of our approach to things. I had said mentorwithchris.com, but that's for people who are interested in, um, you know, perhaps some type of coaching or mentorship. And then that partnering checklist.com. I think that's huge too. That gives you a list of things. It's a free report. It's not like you have to to do anything, but just look at the suggestions on there. And I think it's important. It's helped us grow to do these. We've, these are things we've implemented over the years. LinkedIn, Chris Pomerleau, um, bigger pockets, Chris at parkavinvesting.com. Uh, I'm everywhere. So I'm happy to, I'm happy to connect with anyone. I'm always interested in talking shop with people, whether it's personal development, real estate development, anything. Guys, take Chris up on this. Chris is just adding massive value. He's also just blowing it up lately. Um, 600 units in three years is massively impressive while having the, the, the law practice Thanks, and, and raising a family. You know, it's, it's very impressive. So I love it. I love what you're doing. Um, guys, make sure to check out Chris. Also, if you guys enjoyed today's episode, uh, make sure to let us know. Tag both of us on social media. Tag the episode. Let us know. You know, share it on LinkedIn, share it on Instagram, share it on whatever platform works for you. We want to know. 
Um, and with that, guys, have a monumental day.